0: Vibe Talks. Vibe Talks. More, More than, than just, just music. Hey, everybody. This is Giancarlo Alino reporting for Vibe One Hundred Five with the first of two parts of my interview with York United FC head coach Jimmy Brennan. During this part of the interview, Jimmy reflects on this past CPL season, the growth of some of his younger players, and the team's first playoff berth in club history. So let's tune into that conversation right now. How you doing, Jimmy? Good. How are you? Doing great and Jimmy, this is a big time for your club, three seasons in and now you finally uh, get a playoff berth there uh, Of course, when the season starts that's uh, the goal to make the playoffs, but when that becomes a reality, what was uh, just going through your mind there
1: um, you know I think it was a, it was a reward for the for the hard work that the players put in. I think everybody knows how difficult it was for us, especially here in, in Toronto. Um, You know, with with COVID and and us not having a a proper preseason, only having a few weeks to prepare, not even. And then going into a bubble for six weeks with a, a young squad, a lot of new players. It's been great because the players bought into the way that we wanted to play. Uh, we've adapted as coaches to get the, the best out of these these players and the young players, and they fought throughout the season, and we uh, we got into the playoffs. So yeah, we're we're very happy as a club and uh, delighted where we are. And now the the hard work begins again, and it's about us, uh, you know, getting that forge and looking to get a win and, and get ourselves into a final. We've got a, a great opportunity, and this is what it's about now.
0: Yeah, of course. You mentioned Forge there. They've been the only champion in the CPL. So uh, how difficult is it to prepare for a team that's had so much games under their belt, whether it be in CONCACAF or the CPL?
1: Well, I mean, fortunately, we've, we've played them an awful lot throughout this season. So we we know the type of team that they are. We know what they're all about. We know their players. And it's always a competitive match. It's a good football and match when the two teams play. So... You know, we've, we've got our game plan. We know exactly we, uh, what we want to do and how we want to accomplish it. And we just have to, to go out there on Sunday and, and show it and make sure that uh, it all comes together.
0: And just uh, mentioning there, like the playoffs, it's so uh, single elimination. So does that make things more easier for you as a coach? Like you're just preparing that mindset for one game, you go in, get the best result, or would you have preferred maybe a home at home against Forge?
1: Um, look, it, it, it doesn't matter to us, um, you know, whether it's a single or a double, but you know, it's, it's one game. We will prepare ourselves for that one game, make sure mentally we're, we're right. And, and we have to know that you, you've got one crack at this, you know, one shot, it's one game and, uh, and the best team on the day will win.
0: For those just joining us here on Vibe 105, this is Giancarlo Alino being joined by Jimmy Brennan, head coach of York United FC. And uh, Jimmy, this team that you have is a very young squad and coming into the year, maybe you would have hoped for some of the players, one or two of them to come up and have a breakout year. But uh, you've been fortunate that you had many of them, you had about five or six that really right out the gate just had some great years. So how does that make you feel that you're a big part of not only the growth of Canadian soccer, but just at the young youth levels that are seeing this and seeing their development?
1: Yeah, I think first you've got to give credit to the to the players. You know, they they've got the talent, and it's it's up for me to to me and my staff to get the best out of them, Um, put them in a a healthy environment where they feel comfortable, and nurture them when when you have to. And um, you know, it's it's been great. They've been a pleasure to work with. They're constantly improving. They always want to listen and learn, and it's it's made it easier for us. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm delighted to see where a lot of these young players are, are at right now and how much they've improved. And by us getting into the playoffs, it, this is another challenge for them. It's, a, it's another experience for them to understand what playoff football is all about now. So, yeah, we, you know, we've been fortunate that these young guys, have, I want to say they've, they've really kind of grown into their own and, and, and have played with that freedom where they can showcase their talent and uh, they, they can express themselves. And uh, it's been great to see, really has been. And uh, I think as a, as a group and as a club, yeah, we're, we're very proud of these young guys for, for taking that challenge on and, and seeing where they are now.
0: And this season, obviously, like you guys, second year, you go to PEI for the Island Games. And now this third season starts off in Winnipeg in a bubble. So what was a mental toll you think that put on your roster and how were you able to cope with that?
1: Yeah, it was it was difficult. I, I won't lie to you. You know, if it was difficult for myself and the staff, it's 100 percent difficult for the players. Uh, you know, there was a lot of games in there, not, not a lot of room to, to move around. We couldn't go out into the city, couldn't go for walks. And, you know, you're, you're stuck in our hotel room for, for six, seven weeks. So it, it was very difficult. And then obviously, same thing um out in PEI. And you've got to give credit to the players for for getting through that and being mentally strong. And yeah, I thought they they came away with some some great experiences that I think in football we would have never thought we have would have had. Uh, and they dealt with, dealt with the challenge. And yeah, I'm quite proud of, of how they they managed themselves with with these situations. Um, and we told them we told them flat out, just don't know how you guys did this, but you know, we'll take our hats off to you because it's been been incredible what you've what you've been through as as young footballers.
0: And this is a really dynamic squad. Uh, a lot of players like Max Ferrari has really jumped out to me as one that you've had in different positions, right back in an attacking role, and he's thrived there. Uh, when you're making your tactics, though, uh, a lot of the time we notice the 4 2 three, one. How, What comes into that decision when you're with a dynamic roster like this to get the most out of their play?
1: Well, you know, we, we change an awful lot as the game goes on. You know, we'll, we'll start, you know, when we're defending, we're defending low blocks at, you know, 4-4-2. Four, four, when we're attacking, we're in a four two three one. And then at times you'll see in a game where... We move into, we shift into a a three, a back three. So we have more or less end up with a a three, two, four, one, you know, so we're constantly changing and adjusting uh, as games go on because the game dictates what you're going to do next. But you've got to make sure that the players can adapt to it and the players can buy into it. Max has been great. Um, Isaiah, Lowell, Aija, all all these guys, you know, they're they're quick learners. Um, They understand the game. And like I said, they're buying into what we're doing. And yeah, Max, Max has played in numerous positions. But for me, I've always said uh, a good footballer can play anywhere. And I think with with all these young players, it doesn't matter where we ask them to play, they'll, they'll go out there and do a job.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, like good footballers will play anywhere. Uh, You're a big example of that. Uh, your career, you've been overseas and playing in Europe. A lot of players now, they're doing the opposite. They're coming from overseas, like Julian Ulbricht, and he's coming here to York United. What advice do you give a player like that who it's they're young and they're coming over or from overseas to play in a new environment, a new country? So what advice do you give to those, some of those players?
1: Uh, look, it's, it's always difficult when you, when you, uh, when you when you go to a new country, new culture, new football, new dressing room, but you've, you've gotta, you, know, you, you've got to, you know, you've got to give them credit for, for taking that leap, uh, at a young age and saying, you know what, I'm going to go live somewhere new and I'm going to go experience a different culture. And, and we're fortunate with, because with football, you can do that football, you can go anywhere in the world and play. And for me, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hoping that they settle quick. Um, normally it takes a while for, for foreign players to, to adapt, and I, I think they've, they've adapted quite well, and then for me it's it's just l- getting them to to settle in and, and just enjoy their football. I mean look we're, we're fortunate that we get to be involved in this game um, and these young young players get to to travel the world and play in different countries doing a, doing a sport that they love so yeah they they've been great the foreigners that that have come in.
0: For sure. And uh, once again, for those just joining us here on Vibe 105, this is John Carlo Alino being joined by Jimmy Brennan of York United. And Jimmy, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about uh, the Canadian men's national team, big match there against Mexico. For a long time, you were part of that squad there uh, that had success in 2000 and all throughout the 2000s being a part of that program. What was going through your mind when you saw them take out Mexico, 50,000 people and a snowstorm? So just to top it all off there.
1: Uh, as, a, as a Canadian footballer, I was very proud. Very proud. I look at that squad and I think that's probably the best squad we've, we've ever had in this country. And there's nothing stopping them right now. They, they've got such a belief. Um, they're buying into what, the, what, the, what John Herdman's asking and, and his staff. Um, and you can see they're very cohesive and, and they're, they're playing without fear. And, you know, to, to play against a powerhouse like Mexico and, and do what they did against them. Uh, It was it was great to see. And it's even better when you when you wake up the next morning, you see the Canada's on on top of the table right now. So they're they're in a great spot. Uh, They're exciting team to watch dynamic. They want to get forward They create chances. And you just feel that every time they get on the ball, something's going to happen. So uh, I'm loving where the where the program is right now um and look at the end of the day you you want to see this country get to a world cup you want to see them win gold cups you want to see them win as much as they can um, because the more we can win as a as a country and and get ourselves the bigger the biggest tournament in the world the world cup uh, it only helps you grow this game and you can see the last couple of couple of games the attendances uh they were through the roof just people throughout the country flying into edmonton to to support this team even when they're in toronto they they get great support so it's uh it's amazing to see where this this country is right now with its with this program.
0: And now, obviously, a lot of uh, youth academies and uh, youth clubs here in the GTA are going to probably benefit most, especially with the CPL in the fold now. With some of these young players, have you noticed uh, maybe a climb in attendance or even uh, registrations for young academies around the GTA?
1: Um- I'm not sure because I, I'm i not involved with that, um, but I'd like to think that, you know, the, the buzz that the national team's creating, um, it's getting more more kids involved in the game. Uh, I think now, you know, with, with the games being mainstream and, and hopefully we can get our league more and more mainstream as well and get it out there. I mean, one soccer's doing a great job, but the, the more people that we can get watching these games, um, you start to get more people fall in love with the Love with the sport, and um, and it gives hope for these young Canadian kids too that they've got an opportunity here to play Canadian in the Canadian Premier League um, and fulfill their dream of being a professional footballer, and and hopefully one day you know becoming the next uh, Alfonso Davies, and you know that's that's our goal right now is to to grow this league, give these kids an opportunity to play this game, um, and hopefully one day wear that national team jersey, and represent
0: Canada, and like uh, this pathway to being a professional, uh, the CPL is a great benchmark for that especially now uh, when you were coming up that there was no cpl so uh, who are some of the coaches uh, that really motivated you and got the best out of you uh, i know you had a youth career there in woodbridge striker so uh, who are some of the coaches around you there
1: yeah i had uh joe joe rando was a was a uh, you know a, a great coach for me and, and mentor uh, joe Chiraldi, lorenzo steely there's i had a lot of a lot of good coaches um and I think it was because of their, their passion that they had for the game. Um, it wore off on me and, and I started having a, a huge passion for the game. You know, they're, they were always talking about the game and, um, and I think that's, that's the thing as a coach, when, when you have a passion for the game and you love it and you enjoy being out in that field and teaching, teaching the youth, uh, the youth, they, 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 feed off of that and they thrive off of it. And, uh, you, you help grow their passion as well. And, uh, Yeah, look, I was I was fortunate. I had some good, good young coaches and uh, I had some great times and great years in in Woodbridge, Um, you know, and just by by them, they helped me eventually get into the the youth national teams and and get to a World Cup at the under 17 level. So, yeah, and and also play in, um, you know, we, we won CONCACAF in the under 23s. But, you know, everybody, everybody's got to play a role. Um, along along the way of being a professional footballer it's not just your pro coaches it's it's your youth coaches it's your parents it's your friends it's your aunts and uncles it's everybody involved um, they they play a small role uh, to get you where you are today so you you can never forget that
0: and, uh, did you play there at Rainbow Creek or study? Yeah, that, that was our
1: sense Rainbow <laughs> Creek.
0: <laughs> any memories? Cause I know a lot of people like they're surprised at just, uh, some of the battles maybe from back then, like some of the, how many national team players played there? Were there any, uh, memorable yeah, there, games that stick out to you?
1: There, there was a lot. Um, like all the guys that I grew up with, you know, there was always big games playing at Rainbow Creek. You know, there was. Just the smell of the place, the grass, and it was always cut perfect, and there was always good crowds there. And um, you know, I, it was a it was a special place growing up. And remember, we used to have the tournament every year, the little World Cup. We'd have teams from all over the all over the place coming to to play in this tournament. Mm-hmm. I think the big games were, you know, the big Ontario Cup games. Those were those were huge for us. Um, you know, and those were the games that you're always always looking to play in, uh, especially if we can get the home games at, at Rainbow Creek because we knew a, a lot of the locals would just come out, have a coffee and watch a game and, and support in a youth club. So it was uh, it was a special place growing up for sure, Rainbow Creek.
0: Yeah. And just even on that topic, like Woodbridge in uh, the Euro Cup, especially everyone going down there at Market Lane and celebrating. And it just brings a question like, when do you think that those York region locals that go on and celebrate, uh, what would it take for them to go to the CPL game and go to York University, York Lions Stadium and see York United play?
1: I think it's just, it, first of all, it's getting them out to a game, come and see the standard, um, see how good the football is because a lot of people that go out and watch it for the first time, they end up coming back because they, they can't believe the, the standard, how quick it is, um, you know, and it's, it's a great day out and uh, it be nice to get a few of those people coming to, to support the club and, um, and obviously them knowing that this is your local, local pro football club and, and come on out and support it and watch, uh, watch all these, the, the young talent that we have playing for this
0: club. And a couple of final questions here with Jimmy Brennan of York United FC, the head coach, and like with the Wire SA being involved, like do you think there should be maybe a partnership with uh, York United, and basically like a lot of people are saying if York United are playing, it should stop other leagues from maybe having a rep game that same night, and it will probably drag on and. Maybe have attendance go up. Do you think that's something that would? Yeah, be I think it'd be
1: it be it be nice to have uh, the logistics. I don't know how they how they could make that work with so many games and shifting schedules. Um, but yeah, if they could do something like that, it would be great. And I'm sure behind the scenes uh, they've had those conversations. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, we, I mean, the more support that we could get uh, from the community, the the better it would be because, you know, if you ask our players, they, they would love nothing more than the, they'd be playing in, in front of a full house week in and week out.
0: Yeah. And like, it just uh, goes back to even your time at Toronto FC because it all starts at some place and uh, it wasn't like 30,000 when you first started in Toronto. A lot of people were saying like, it's still a hockey country and the Leafs and Raptors will still get that attendance. But we're seeing now the shift with a national team that 50,000 people would go see soccer. So as someone who was part of that program, do you think it's uh, inspiring to see that maybe people's opinion are shifting and Canada might even be a soccer nation?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, look if you if you look at uh, if you look at Canada as a whole, it's very diverse. We have people from all around the world, and you know, as soon as you step out of Canada, whatever country you go to in the world, they love they love football. Football is the number one sport. And you know, when when Toronto FC, uh, you know, they when it started off, you know, they were getting nineteen, twenty thousand in games, um, and then when they started winning MLS MLS cups and getting to Concacaf uh, Champions League finals, they they were getting thirty five thousand. Um, so. The, the passion is here in this country for the game. Um, and like I said before, the the more we can grow it, the more we start winning, like our national team's doing, uh, everybody wants to be a part of success, don't they? So, um, you know, if we can keep pushing in the right direction, uh, I think you'll start seeing more people coming out to, to games. Um, and even with Toronto FC, you know, you walk around the city or you go to the local park and local games, you always see people wearing TFC gear. Um, and it will take time for the CPL to do the exact same where – you know, we, the brands do get out, and uh, be nice to see them all wearing uh, York United as well in the in the community. So, it takes time to build. Uh, I think with with Toronto FC now, they're there. Everybody knows about Toronto FC; they know what a club it is. And now it's just uh, it's growing the CPL and and getting it to where it needs to be, and that's uh, at a high high level. And and get all the eyes on on our games now.
0: Oh, well, on that note, Jimmy, uh, how can our listeners and viewers here follow you on social media? Say that again? How can our uh, listeners and viewers follow you on social media? You're very active on Twitter. I don't know if anyone knows of that.
1: Um, I'm actually not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not. I think I tweet once every two two years uh, and same with my social uh, the Instagram stuff. So uh, you can find me, Jimmy Brown, and I don't even know what it is, but I post once in on a blue moon. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, Jimmy, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, coming on here on Vibe 105 to talk all things CPL, York United, uh, Canadian men's national team, and I wish you all the best in your playoff match with Forge. Thank you very much.
1: Nice talking to you. And now back to your Vibe, Vibe 105.